Hello, this is Alan Mashburn coming to you, Carolina Conservatives, Preachers with a Punch. Our co-host cannot join us today. He is uh, busy reading dissertations and working with doctoral students. But I'm here and I'm joined with Stephanie Phillips out of Nevada, and she is running for the U.S. Senate. And uh, that's a mighty big undertaking. And I know because being in a statewide race, what all that entails. Uh, Nevada is a big state as well. Stephanie, it's an honor to have you on here. I just want you to introduce yourself and uh, and just go with it. Give us the reasons why you feel called to do this. And and people of faith, we have to understand, we have to feel called to do this. There is nothing in this that we have an appetite for. Well, thank you so much, Ellen, for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, my name is Stephanie Phillips, and I am running for the U.S. Senate seat here in Nevada against the incumbent Jackie Rosen. And way back a few years ago when COVID hit and they started treating us the way they did, they told us we were non-essential and closed the mom and pop businesses and and they muzzled our kids and us. And they said, you know, you can't go to church, can't go to school. You have to take a jab in order to keep your job those kinds of things, I didn't recognize the country that I live in. <laughs> so I jumped in, I got involved in politics very heavily. I supported a lot of candidates in the last cycle and did everything I could to learn and observe. And I was planning this run you know, all those years ago. So here I am. And I, you know, look at what's happening too with our kids in this country and the culture war that we find ourselves and that is very bothersome and we have that gender ideology that they're trying to shove down the kids throats there's that narrative um it, they're sexualizing kids and they're doing it through school curriculums through sex education and things like this we see you know drag queen story hour geared for little kids in libraries we see these things that we should never even have to discuss you think it would be common sense we don't bring our kids around this stuff when you're of age and you're an adult great you know do your thing but targeting the kids like that and and not to mention the sex trafficking that's that's going on and that's being bolstered by an open border that is exactly not and you're feeling that directly down there. Yeah, we do. Uh, we get a bunch of that. Nevada is is top of the chart for sex trafficking. And it is just, it's a horrible thing. That movie that's coming out this weekend, Sound of Freedom by Angel Studios, uh, Jim Caviezel, who played uh, Jesus in the movie. He is the star of this movie. And it's about sex trafficking and it's uh it's about Tim Ballard who um, runs the operation underground uh, railroad and saves and rescues traffic children all over the world. Mm -hmm. And he's been in operation since 2013. So this movie sheds a whole lot of light on the sex trafficking industry. And one of my top platform items is, is kids. And this particular item really needs to receive some national attention and proper resources and funding from the federal government. Absolutely. And when we hear of uh, politicians who are not in favor or, or they vote against even facing the fact, the reality that there is 
human trafficking going on, child sex trafficking going on. Um, I go back to the principle that, that Jesus said, if you're not for me or against me, uh, if you're not against this, then the message, the implication is you're for it. If you're not willing to, to do anything about it. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head when we go back to when COVID hit, uh, we saw a lot of people open their eyes. We saw a lot of people and parents open their eyes about public education. And uh, it really changed uh, the whole trajectory of the entire nation. Uh, there are people now who don't want to work because they got used to staying home and they're trying to ride that free boat and uh, as long as they can. And it's just uh, it's horrendous that that we've seen things spiral so much out of control. Uh, I go back and the marker I have for it is when Donald Trump became president and then COVID hit. And it's like it's like the left just hit the accelerator. Let's mm -hmm. just do what we can the fastest we can to tear down the country. In reality, it's evil. It's just uh, evil infused uh, that has infused the left. I believe they they just want to, to dominate and have complete power and control over us. And we see that when they try and go against the Constitution and our rights and take away as many rights as they can and control every move we make. That's there. If you look at the World Economic Forum and the 2030 reset and these things that they're talking about over there, it is a world domination plan. Mm -hmm. And people don't really realize or understand what's coming. And they their motivation is to take away our Second Amendment right here in this country because that's the only thing standing in the way. So we need to protect and uphold our constitutional rights. And we need politicians in Washington who are willing to stand up for the Constitution and not sell us down the river. And I see too many on, on both sides of the aisle that are not standing up for we the people. They're spending our money recklessly. They're not standing up for our rights. We saw even during COVID, we saw the ones that were promoting you have to get a jab in order to keep your job. That's the most un-American and unconstitutional thing. And they stood right along and and pushed that on the American people and our military. Mm -hmm. And I am going to make sure when I get to Washington that those veterans that separated from the military because their religious exemptions were not being uh, approved and they had to separate because they didn't want the jab they are restoring all of them and they need to restore all of their back pay and everything because what they did to them was horrendous. Absolutely. Uh, restore their back pay. And I would even say, of course, they'll never do it. Just take it, take it from all of the, um, the senators and the, the house members that voted or went along with this and all the government employees that went along with this, they need to be punished. Uh, in, in a way. And, and I guess the best way to punish them is send them home and vote them out. And, uh, and that's the only way we're going to see real change. You mentioned the world economic forum. I followed them, uh, and researched them for quite a while since 2018, 2019. And, um, in, in 2020, when, uh, when COVID hit on their website, uh, they made it very plain that, uh, COVID, uh, was actually, a, a great tool to cause a great reset. 
and, and it was on their website and that's been since been scrubbed because I've gone to try to find it. But, um, and then they they also noted that one of the one of the great restrainers in their way from achieving the 2030 reset was the United States. So going back is just to add by, add to what you just said. Our sovereignty as a nation is being sold down the river because we have people in leadership. They haven't got one inkling of a principle of leadership in their bones but we have people in leadership who are selling us as a country a false bill of goods on the on the into the media or through the media and then completely selling us down the river we think of what has just come out of uh the supreme court just this morning uh and and by the time this is released it'll be old news but uh, they have they have uh, said that affirmative action is unconstitutional. It is illegal, and um, then we have the we have DEI being so ingrained uh, in in everything in the federal government, and it is completely, as you mentioned before we went live, it is reverse racism. Racism in the country uh, has been a plague. Uh, but it, it was a plague that was coming to a an end until we saw Obama come in. And Obama did what he could to revive that. And then it just spread like wildfire when the Trump administration came in. Not by the Trump administration's doing, but by the left. Everything you do now, you're racist. If you don't agree with them, you're racist. If you don't uh, uh, enable or approve or accept child transitional surgery, which we have now banned legislatively in North Carolina. It's been sent to the governor now. He'll veto it. But uh, we have a supermajority uh, Republican, so we will override it. But um, if you don't accept that, you're racist. That that word is the most broadest term now. It covers it. If you don't like seafood, you're racist. I mean, you know, we use it for everything nowadays. Yeah. No, we hear we hear that all over the place. I have been called a racist many times. I have been called a transphobe, a homophobe. I've been called all every name. And they they don't have anything to back up their statements and their narrative and their agenda. That's why they just label you a racist. They want to cancel you and and get you out of the way. And that's the best way that they can do it to put that label on people. But if you really truly look at that DEI and what's going on with that, it is a reverse form of racism and it's prejudice. And they are it, just like racism, you judging, you're hiring based on somebody's color of their skin or their sex preference or whatever for them to feel inclusive, that's what they are hiring based on. It doesn't matter if you're the best person for the job, if you are the most qualified. It's not based on your skills and those things. And that's what it should be based on. Mm -hmm. So when they want to get rid of racism and all this, they're promoting it. And there are race baiters out there in this country that constantly talk about it and they constantly stir the pot. 
and the media is complicit and they go along with it. And that's why we still have this problem in this country. Yeah. Uh, they will never let it go. They will never let us progress mm-hmm. as a, as a culture past that point, because it's just like politics. Uh, if you notice in politics and, and, and uh, well, take the abortion matter. Uh, when, when Dobbs came down and it was sent back to the States, the States that could do something and everybody had marched and demanded a total ban for 50 years. And then all of a sudden we wanted to incrementally go down. We wanted to go down from in North Carolina. It was 20 weeks. That's what our ban was before Dobbs came down. And then some wanted to go to 16 weeks and then some wanted to go to 18 weeks or, and then 16 and then 12. So <laughs> it dawned on me. The reason why they don't want to eradicate abortion is because They've run on it. They've run on it to get elected. They run on it to get fundraising. And if they actually do their job, they'll actually have to come home and do something else. You can't continue to run on something when you actually solve a problem. You have Mm -hmm. to keep uh, keep creating problems Mm -hmm. so that you can keep coming up with solutions incrementally. So that's just my observation. Uh, I'm sure many would uh, disagree with me on that. I don't care. That's what I see. But, um, and I think you would agree. I do agree. And yeah, the they're probably going to run on abortion again this time because they have nothing else to run on. And, you know, abortion, the, the messaging here in the last cycle, I, I couldn't believe how many people didn't know that abortion here is protected and it's in the Constitution. So, you know, they, we saw all these commercials come out against the Republicans. And they all said, so-and-so politician is going to ban abortion. You know, you can't vote for them and all that. That All of the commercials were a lie because nobody can ban abortion in this state. It has to go on the ballot. And it's up to the Nevada voter to, if that's ever going to change, it's going to be put on the ballot. So, but our messaging, we didn't attack that enough. We didn't put out there enough what the facts were. So in talking, you know, to a lot of people that I come across, they had no idea and they will vote for a politician or not, just basically what they're based on what their opinion of abortion is and thinking that, oh, this one's going to ban it and this one's not. So let me vote for this one. And it it's amazing. I'm going to, I'm going to do a, a whole video on abortion and talk about that subject, because even though it's highly controversial, we need to talk about it. You're very close to the border. Mm-hmm. Um, because you are, um, you get an influx of uh, problems from the border, an open border. And I want where I'm going with this is, is uh, something that is, has become a, a terrible problem in our state, fentanyl. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was not fully aware until I started running for lieutenant governor of the danger. Uh, Rather, that's not the right terminology. I knew the danger. I wasn't aware of how widespread it it had become in our state. Mm -hmm. And and I I didn't prep you or or ask you about this prior to coming on. So I'm not going to try to hold you to any statistics. But obviously, it's a problem everywhere. We know it's coming in through an open border by this 
this ludicrous administration that could care less about the sovereignty of our nation slipping away and completely being overturned and our children being uh, introduced to drugs and uh, gang activity and and who knows what else is coming in through the border but um when you get to the senate i'm sure that's going to be fresh and 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 warm on your heart about the very people of your state the citizens of your state that are suffering from this drug used to when we when we fought cocaine back in the 80s you could get hooked on cocaine if you took enough of it it would it would it would be fatal and and i'm not speaking by experience i'm just speaking by what i know but fentanyl is a different animal it's so potent is your state experiencing the same thing that we are yeah across the board i hear those statistics that the number one killer now between 18 and 45 year olds is fentanyl and we know where that's coming from and it's been reported many times that that china is responsible for uh, exactly what i heard this week from our state Mm -hmm. so we see a lot of there's a lot of problems with the border not only fentanyl and uh you know the trafficking all of the illegals uh, coming across that we are paying for as taxpayers that they are shipping all over the country. And we're paying however hundreds of dollars per night for these hotels to put these to illegal immigrants in. And that's one thing. When I said the word illegals online, I got called a racist for saying that. But honestly, they when come, they come here illegally. You are illegal. That's right. That's what they that's what they are. And why do they get free stuff? Why do they get free health care? Why are they? It's on our dime. And our government is allowing this to happen. What is it? Five million now have crossed the border. And we are putting up with this. This They forget they work for we the people. We the people don't consent to this. We have legal immigration in this country. And we have that for a reason. And I support that. I wouldn't be here if my uh, family way back when didn't immigrate to this country. So, but there's a way to do it and there's a way to do it properly. And I believe the Trump administration with the policies they had in place, it was working and functioning and we our border was secure. We need to go back to those policies because what's happening now is a complete invasion in our country. And I call it treason. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and the policies that the Trump administration brought about, they would work and they were working. They needed more time to work because it's such a big issue. The problem is you have somebody else following and it doesn't matter when they come, but a new administration comes in. If they don't love the country and they don't want to honor the, the Constitution and honor their citizens, uh, then they're basically just tearing down uh, their, their enemies of the people. If, if what's happening now, let me just highlight the fentanyl because uh, I do have some statistics just in my own state and, and I can't imagine this in every state, but in 2022, we had 3,300 deaths in our state from fentanyl alone up from 2016, 442. Wow. And that, did they want to call us racist? Because here's what it comes off. And this came off, came off of our North Carolina Health and Human Services website. Um, 
76% of them were white, non-Hispanic. 76%. Um, and I'm not going to ask you to comment on that. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to throw anything in there about race. I'm just saying they claim that we're racist all the time, but we have this invading our country mm -hmm. and it is tearing down the very age groups that should we ever have to go to war, we're going to have a huge void in this country. Now that may seem heartless coming from me because I don't want to negate the fact that these pe young people are dying and they're dying needlessly. Mm -hmm. But it seems like, and I do believe it's coming from China. You're not the only source I have for that, but the age group that it is specifically seeming to target is actually the age group that would fight any war that we would have need of. So I'll tell you, we need to be in much prayer for our country. We do. And speaking of that, um, the pastors and the Christian groups and congregations around this country, I call on all of them to get involved and to get their congregations involved and motivated in politics. And I know a lot don't want to do that. They don't they just want to put on those blinders and not get involved. They don't want to be part of that because it is very divisive. But if we don't invigorate our community and the Christians, so many Christians, millions of Christians sit home and don't vote because mm -hmm. they, they don't want to be involved. But we are going to lose our country that way. This is how bad it has gotten. We have seen that they are trying to destroy our country from within. They do things against America that are not pro-America, the border being just one of them, one of many. Look at the two-tier justice system that we have in this country now. And we see rules for thee, but not for me. And they're targeting one specific group. They're targeting con conservatives and the political prosecutions that we see, they're just unfair and unjust. And they're not doing the same with the other side. The DOJ, the FBI, the IRS, they're all weaponized and politicized against us. They call parents domestic terrorists that dare to speak up at these school board meetings. These things that we're seeing in this country are destructive and, and destroying American values and our system and way of life the way that we have known. So until we get involved, until we get people invigorated somehow and get them motivated and, and wake them up to see what's happening, we're at the brink and it's in crisis level. And I really call on these pastors. In fact, I'm speaking at a church this weekend. They're having um, America stand up. They're America stand up uh, weekend ahead of 4th of July mm -hmm. holiday. And I think it's wonderful that they have the courage and are bold enough to do that. And they've invited me to come speak to their congregation. And I love that. I wish all of the pastors in our state would do that same thing. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, we, we always honor our country at our church, uh, specifically on the Sunday prior to July 4th. And I'm speaking at another church on Sunday evening as well. I'll be speaking at a large rally on July 4th. Um, you know, we have got to start instilling into our children again to love this country. 
and to love God and to be involved. Had we been involved in government all along, and I don't understand the mentality to separate the two, that we have to be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. Um, I don't understand that. Had we been involved, uh, we would not be where we are if uh, believers had had taken government because God, God established civil government. So why wouldn't he want us involved in something that he established? Mm-hmm. Um, that's just logic to me. Uh, we let's let's wind down because I, I know we we are uh, short on time. But talk to me a little bit about you you several years ago, and you have a real estate career. But several years ago, you started something called uh, the Den Mothers. Tell me about your nonprofit. So my nonprofit, I've been involved in nonprofits for decades, and all of these charities and organizations that I've been involved with, either volunteering my time or money have all been around children, needy children, hungry children, traffic children. So that particular subject is near and dear to my heart. And I always wanted to, when I retired, I wanted to start my own nonprofit and I want to take care of kids. I want to have a facility and, you know, rehabilitate traffic kids and and just take care of uh, all people that are needy and hungry. So I didn't intend to start my nonprofit, Den Mothers, until later in life. But I thought, why not do all of that footwork now, get it established, get it launched, and I can help some kids along the way while I'm, you know, doing these other things. So I launched it a couple of years ago, actually, and worked on it. It took a long time. And so I do back to school events. I do, you know, Christmas events and and bring food and supplies and things to kids. Um, I've helped traffic kids, just all kinds of things wherever I can and when time permits. And but eventually when I am done with with politics and I retire, I want to have a facility not only in Nevada, but one in every state a den mother's facility. And I want to be able to take care of these kids and, and house you runaway teens, pregnant teens, abused moms, single moms that have nowhere to go Our precious veterans that we have on the streets that, you know, are homeless. There's such an, a need uh, for that. So that's where my heart lies. And we just, um, that's my, my goal for, for later in life, but I'm helping some uh, for now along the way. All right. Great. So when is your primary for your, your Senate race? It's June of next year, June of next year. So we're fairly early and we would definitely want to check back in with you and uh, pray for her race as well. Uh, Where can we find you on social media, on uh, your website and uh, just put out everything that you can. Sure. My website is Phillips for Nevada and that's the number four. And I have two L's in my last name. So Phillips for Nevada.com. All of my social media is also Phillips for Nevada. And I would love all the support, sign up for our email list and volunteer. And of course, donate, you know, these campaigns are very expensive. We were talking about that the other day, very expensive to run and especially this, this particular race. So I need all the help I can get. All right. Great. And she taught me how to say Nevada. Uh, Ben Cartwright was right. He, he said it correctly. I said it wrong. And it uh, distinguishes you whether you're a tourist or you actually are living in Nevada. 
So it has been an honor to have Miss Stephanie Phillips with us. We want to excel, see her excel, and we certainly want to pray for her campaign. Anytime we can get a believer uh, to move forward and to run in, uh, in a race and represent people, uh, we want to do that. And I trust that you'll check her out on her website and on social media. It's been a joy. Thank you, Miss Stephanie. And we look forward to calling you next time or very soon in the future, uh, Senator-elect. So uh, God bless you. And I hope that you have a blessed day. And I trust that you'll have a, a good events coming up this weekend. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right.